This is Florence Whitingale, and you are listening to today's Boondoggle on Domain Cleveland Radio. Thank you for tuning into this week's edition of today's Boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated entertainment cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news, entertainment information and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for tuning into the show here at Domain Cleveland. Hey everybody, it's Bill Bailey. Today's boondoggle on Domain Cleveland Radio. And I wanted to introduce you to this very special edition uh, Monday night news type program that we are starting here at today's boondoggle. Uh, it'll be hosted by our regular guest, Mr. Flo White, dropping knowledge with uh, a friend of his that uh, attended these uh jack smith patriot classes with him uh in the past uh brian and uh they have some really good conversations in these episodes they're going to be dropping some serious knowledge so prepare to be red-pilled my friends and uh without further ado i introduce to you monday night jack here on today's boondog Monday Night Jack. Today's date is, what is it, May the 17th. 17th. Yeah. Sunday, May the 17th. It's kind of an overcast day. I expect a little bit of rain. Uh, we expect on and off showers for the next day or two. Uh, going into the week up here along the Great Lakes, we should experience a little bit of mixed sun going into Monday and have a pretty nice Tuesday and Wednesday with average temps. Uh, peaking out today around 76 and ending around, uh, you know, in the 60s uh, by Tuesday when the sun comes out. So we might have a nice week installed, yes. Okay, yeah, you, uh, sounds good. How'd you like the weather report? It's nice. Yeah. Nice weather. So, um, what do you know, Brian? You came over here, you were already talking some good stuff. I said, hold it. Uh, hold that thought. Let's save it. Did we forget what that thought was? Well, there's a couple things. Uh, one thing uh, was uh, to deal with the uh, current issue with uh, Bill Gates, I guess. You know, uh, with uh, the organization uh, about the vaccinations and uh, things of this nature. Now, what I would say with uh, Bill Gates is... Uh, him and uh, it appears Fauci, Dr. Fauci, and uh, numerous other people are all tied in and making lots of money off of the seasonal flu, which is, well, now called Corona, <laughs> you know. And uh, so <clears throat> what we see is uh, their basic plan just falling apart and what they wanted all support here in the United States uh, from Trump and as well as uh, the support from uh, other nations as well has basically sounds like it's turned against uh, Gates and the idea of vaccinating everybody. Uh, I uh, remember uh, a comment uh, Trump uh, said the other day when asked about uh, the vaccinations. He said there'd be plenty of vaccinations available for everybody, but not everybody's going to want one. Meaning that it's going to be people's choice. So it's not going to be something that's forced on anybody when they do have vaccinations. But what the big deal seems to be is they're talking about the hydrochloroquine. Chloroquine. And uh, basically, uh, they're not only saying that uh, it knocks down most of the uh, heavy symptoms within five hours, 
but it also helps your immune system uh, put up a natural defense. Generally, it's a vaccinate, vaccine and, uh, and a cure all in one. So it's pretty interesting. Uh, a lot of nations have been using it. Italy started. France. Uh, France as well. Uh, and quite a few others. So and showing great results. So... The other day, uh, last week, I think they had over five thousand. I, I, Tucker Carlson had on that uh, that nurse from Texas who's been prescribing it, and she's been getting kicked back from the um, from the uh, prescriptions uh, being filled at the pharmacies, the Walgreens, the drug marts. There, they're actually calling her, and now they're demanding they won't fill it unless they know what she's prescribing it for. And I saw the first speech of her about a week ago, but now she's gotten really popular. She's been on. Laura Ingram, she's been on Tucker Carlson, um, and it reminds me of when you we would try, or when we even still try, even today, to go into the common pleas court or somewhere to file some of our uh, common law or you know nat- you know alternative paperwork. Let's just call it. Okay. And, and how the clerks, you know, fence us off there, and they have to be reminded to do their job and who their boss is. You know, I remember what was it? Our friend uh, Chuck down south. He, I guess, he told one of the clerks, "Hey, you know, you know who your boss is," and she might have said, "Like, well, you know, the the deputy clerk over there." And his obvious is, "No, it's Secretary of State. You're supposed to file this." Yeah. You know. Oh so, well, this well, it's like anything else. Uh, the system that has been running for quite a number of years only utilizes laws that benefit them and ignore the ones that don't and so they got into what's called uh, policy more than actual law we escaped, you know went into public policy as of 1933 so no more lawyers okay so to speak just attorneys at law not in law see in law would mean they would be in the jurisdiction Okay, they're not. They're outside of the jurisdiction of law. That's why they're at law. So they deal with uh, public policy, but not actual law. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what they've been enforcing. Basically, this kicked in uh, 30, say 38, I think, 38, 39-ish, and uh, was ramped up drastically in uh, the early 70s, between 71 and 74. I believe, and that's when they changed the pleas in the court. You could no longer, after I think 74, you could no longer plea innocent. You had to plead not guilty. And uh, it seemed like a little change in words, but really it's like anything else. You change one thing, it changes the meaning and the definition. It's just like any word. If you add something to the beginning of a word or to the end of the word, you've now changed the meaning of that word. Sounds like the blockchain. Yeah. And, con- <laughs> well, contracts are, are the it same. It doesn't work if you can't go back and change something. It screws up the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and what you have is uh, is a system that uh, is a de facto, okay, running. Meaning running out of necessity. Running out of necessity. And What was the necessity? The necessity was to keep rule and dictation over basically the money system, the well, law, can and, we, can and we the time nation. Out? Another thing, I was watching, uh, we're going to talk about Nasara and Gasara. Okay. And this is something we've known about for at least 10 years. At least 10 years, right? Little, With the SPC group when they started getting into the reset. I think I heard about it somewhere around 2005, 2007, somewhere There's in that area. great videos out there. I want to thank Belinda. Uh, she sent me some links, and there's, uh, I think his name is Pimpy's Chat Room, mm-hmm. um, and I sent you the link to that today, and he has everything yes. about uh, the global reset. Let me see if I can find it right quick. Uh, uh, yeah, it'll take me a minute. And, uh, Pimpy's, well, anyways. Well, shout out to Pimpy. But the point is, is uh, there's another, uh, there's a really popular YouTube going on right now. It's got Peter Schiff in it, and it's got that guy David Bet 
or something bet David who runs Valuetainment. I'm sure you've probably seen his videos now on his YouTube channel. They're becoming more. It's more like success oriented and yes. money oriented yes. type of channel. But he's been he hosts a lot of interesting uh, guests there. Yeah, and uh, he had on Peter Schiff, and Peter Schiff brought up. I think it was in 1860, 1861. They started using you know paper money. I believe that was the first time where yeah, they tried the to use paper notes and. Um, I, 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 it, I, the way well, the way Peter Schiff explains it is that there was just coinage being used up until that point. And I find that hard to believe that there was coinage. I'm, I would sure there would be gold certificates or something up until that point. But he mentioned that in 1860 or 1861, uh, when they started using this fiat for the first time, the fiat currency or something, there were some two cases that went against them. And the Supreme Court said, yeah, we can do fiat because we're in an emergency. And it all goes back to this emergency. Mm -hmm. And every year we talk about this. Congress is the only way to get us out of this national emergency that essentially has been going on since the Civil War, Yeah, in a sense. Well, I I will say this. Paper money has existed since the colonies. Mm. Uh, But I won't go into that much right now. Uh, That's a a huge another story. But uh, basically it was considered a, a... you know, a failure, at least put out that way. And uh, there was a few attempts before the, the greenback, but the greenback, uh, apparently, it wasn't a failure because in a, a normal system running under the constitutional provisions, it would have been a failure. But because it was under a state of emergency running in a de facto, it, it could constantly be manipulated. So it could well, not, he didn't. You know, Peter it, Schiff in the video didn't really specify. I think it was did. in the video. I think what we were being. I think it was one of uh, Pimpy's chat rooms on YouTube videos that actually featured that video. Well, which yes. I, well, what I'll say about this is it was an interesting concept because basically uh, paper money in that nature, and especially at that time, was an interbank thing. Okay, it was what banks traded back and forth instead of shipping gold and, and silver back and forth. Okay, between branches. Could you say that each like state had their own kind of script, their own currency? Well, I know there was a time when that was going on too. I, there was times when states had their own currency. Well, yeah, yeah, that's that's going back a, a, a ways before, you know, and like I said, going back to the the colonies time. Okay, and uh, it's a bit, well, I'll say this much. I don't want to get you off track, but I'll say this much of it. It was very, very successful, and uh, the British king uh, did not want that. Okay, did not, they didn't want that because that that made uh, the American people very independent, okay, and prosperous. All right, and what money was this? Well, it was when people started trading back and forth through uh. Uh, what would we call them now? Uh, <laughs> Slips my mind, but uh, basically promissory notes, IOUs, uh, things of this nature. But bills of exchange is definitely what it was actually called. Okay, and through bills of exchange, you know, it was it was a lot of bartering going on back then. So, say you didn't have uh, the twenty bushels of something to trade for the ten bushels of something else. And, you you know, it, just like anything, I'd write a, a bill of exchange, basically an IOU, okay, saying that, well, when I get this, I, you know. Like I'll dumb and dumber. Pay you back, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was, uh, and well, it was uh, an open, honest type of uh, a trade, you know, uh, because people in general are, are good-hearted, you know, and. Basically, don't don't go to thieving and cutting throat and all that unless they're in really bad bad ways with no opportunities or or any uh, prospects on the horizon, so to speak. So, and things in that time weren't that way. But getting back to the the mid eighteen hundreds, when we went into the state of emergency, what you had is something that was a script that was used inside of the banks. Okay, now being used outside the ranks of the Union soldiers, uh, the bank, or so you oh. would think. It's not not act- the Union soldiers. No. Uh, what it was is, uh, like I said, the the greenbacks come in because 
of uh, the fact that Congress, and you know, had walked out, walked out, and so when we went to facto, uh, it was the fact of the matter that uh, we were being pulled apart by international bankers who had contracted with the northern states in eighteen early eighteen fifties, causing them to breach the constitutional contract, and and. The punishment for that was loss of property. And uh, so all the northern states lost their property. And uh, so in the early 1860s, (laughs) what did we have? The South said we ain't paying for all that and wanted to succeed. Well, in that nature, uh, if they would have paid the debt off and said, okay, we want to be separate, they would have been fine. But they didn't want to pay the debt off. They just wanted to exit, okay? And that was a breach of the contract. So what happened? They lost their property. And when I say property, not only fixed property, but movable property, people, you know. Now, uh, you're talking slaves. about uh, when the when the, when the the southern states stepped out. Yes. And there was no Congress. There was a signy die. So government yes. couldn't operate. A republic, a couldn't form operate. of government could well, operate. Would, so out of necessity... They created the United well, States, the corporate United well, yeah. States. Well, once a company loses all of its assets, what is the the board going to uh, come together to talk about? Forming a new company, declaring bankruptcy and forming a new <laughs> That's machine. That's about it because yeah. They, yeah. they don't have nothing left. You yeah. know what I'm saying? If the property's gone, the property's gone. It's out of their hands. You yeah. know what I'm saying? they got to start from scratch. And, well, the republic is a perpetual thing. So it's not something that goes away just because it lost all the property. It just sits dormant. Okay? And that's basically what what it's been since the 1860s. We, If you'll look back in time, you'll find out that the Civil War never actually officially came to an end. Right, it, right. It just continued on perpetually. And the Libra Code is still the foundation in which U.S. citizen persons are kept in check. Yeah. That's, with all the laws that apply to them. Well, it's the rule. The Lieberman Code is the rules for the military uh, occupying uh, a foreign land. Right, subduing so the, the new... To, yeah. How to treat the, the foreigners. Okay, right. how to keep them under control, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and that's where the concentration camps come into play. That's where, you know, you, you got the big cities. These are concentrations where you concentrate yeah. a lot of people because you can contain them that way. Mm. You know, you don't want them at large. You know, you want them contained. In their wards. Yeah, in their wards. The city wards. of Cleveland is yes. divided into wards. wards. I think we were sitting, I shouldn't say in because it's a fictional thing. If We're you, in ward like something over here. Yeah, well, it, it, it's a funny this, thing. This ward be wiling sometimes. You, you see how they design and lay out the patterns of these cities. It, it's very much the same as the patterns that they lay out the cemeteries. Yeah. No different. Yeah, the you houses know. too. Yeah. You know, in a cemetery, yeah. you call it a lot. Yeah. You know, in the city records, you call it a plot. Yeah. You see? Same, same, no difference. Well, let's uh, give a shout out to everybody. I'm sure all the listeners I'll send this to. I'm trying to generate a listener list, whoever wants to listen to our listening. <laughs> but uh, I was going to say the definition of a ward in and of itself yeah. is is something or someone that's incapable of taking care of themselves. What happens when you get an attorney? You become a ward of the court. So you need an attorney, an attorney to attorn your private property and give those yes. title and use of to the state or to the king. Well, yeah. You know? Well, so, in essence, when we went into fact, though, so you got a bunch of debtors living in wards. You know, you got a psych ward. Yeah. Well, you know, you got medical wards. All kinds of wards. All yeah. kinds of wards. But then you yeah. got a bunch of group people living around that are, you know, policed. Mm-hmm. Living in wards, we're all debtors. Well, exactly. Yeah. Well, that, that <coughs> wards of the state. It comes in why we dropped the ball on New Year's. <laughs> yeah, t- tell us your New Year's theory. Well, of dropping the ball. Well, as you see, you know, uh, when we went to facto, it, it was this was all based on the fact that uh, the U.S. corporation owed money to a foreign corporation or a foreign entity. And uh, every year, you know, you have the end of the fiscal year, and then there's certain time limits on uh, grace periods after that. 
and every year the U.S. doesn't pay off the debts, we drop the ball. Yeah. And we literally do that on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Symbolism. It started is in 1903. New Year's Eve, uh, is that, that's not the end of a fiscal period. No. The fiscal no, periods are a, in between the... That's like, yeah, uh, but, uh, that's like uh, the last month before the grace period is over. Because you have what's, what November do you mean the grace is period? one May. Well, basically you got three months. Okay, yeah, grace that make period. It, yeah, okay. All right. And then come February, it's time to pay the piper. You see what I'm saying? The grace period's over. You either renegotiate another deal, which is what we come to find, raising the debt ceiling. Yeah. We renegotiate All a them new times, deal. Otherwise, yeah. we go into default, which means we get cut off from all global activity, you right. know. And bada boom, bada bing, you know, we're on our own again. You know, uh, not so much that any other nation's going to try to come against us in, in war to, to collect a debt because mm-hmm. that would just be foolish. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, that's really what it is. And, and the thing of it is, there's no debt to pay back to any foreign nation, so to speak. Okay, except for the fact that the U.S. corporation is foreign to the American people. It's not foreign to right. the American citizens or the U.S. citizens. U.S. citizens are merely employees or entities of a mother corporation. Right. The vehicles that the living men and women Americans yeah. use uh, unintentionally in most cases as identity, yeah. as a means to get benefits from the government. Well, yes. As an American, okay, and this is something uh, to be understood. And uh, you, you can't know. play Monopoly without a game piece. Well, that's right, and you can't play Monopoly without you know make believe. Yeah, you see, because it's just like they're always raising the debt ceiling. Right. I was going to mention, but that. they right. don't want to take it too high, and they don't want to get rid of it either. A democracy, if there's no debt. Don't exist. State of emergency is gone. They don't exist. So they never wanted to settle all the debts. They wanted to keep it like an even kill, so to speak. Well, um, And that's been uh, disrupted hugely in recent times now. (laughs) This is a long question here. So uh, in in, I think our last episode, um, I mentioned and I've told a bunch of my friends that out of all my friends right now, you seem to be the most positive about what's been going on. A lot of my friends think, oh, my God, it's good to be, you know, when this thing started, and even before this started, you were very positive because we had been following this closely. <laughs> One of the things that Jack always used to tell us, it's not what they say, it's what they do. They might send you a notice or whatever, but it's, it's actually what they do. Um, and the link that Belinda sent me, um, which is what I shared with you, uh, pimpy mm-hmm. chat room or whatever. Um, he mentions in the first video, and then he mentions one or two times throughout the one through five on Nasara Gasara that he went and he looked at his uh, his student loan, which was hundred and fifty thousand dollars one gone. day, and it was gone. Bye bye. And yes. then he comes to find out that he's not the only one. Many mortgages and other yes. things. Yes. Yes, dude. Yes. And, and even uh, during this time, I personally know of people's debts with utility companies were just squashed instantly. Bye-bye. You know? Mm. And uh, it's, it's part of the reason why I was very happy about what's been going on. See, I started studying this... Uh, early uh, 2001, 2002-ish, studying law in general, uh, trying to learn and understand uh, a number of different things that made no sense, okay? But uh, the one thing, (coughs) when getting into this, there's a lot of patriotic people. I'm not so much a a, a patriotic uh, as in, uh, oh, I'm big on constitutional. I understand the Constitution because I, I've studied it quite a bit, and it's quite amazing what it says. You're in there. the you're the kind of guy that I'm like, hey, uh, I'm gonna think I'm gonna just bought this American flag. Oh, that British corporate flag, huh? Yeah, you're that guy that yeah. reminds me. Uh huh. Well, Whenever that, I get patriotic, 
Yeah, and I'm, I'm patriotic. Let me cut you off for a second. You know, you remember when uh, we started learning about PNAC about 20 years ago, right around the time of the Twin Towers went down, we found out yep. about Project New American Century? Mm-hmm. You know, could it? I've thought a lot about that. Could Could Trump be like the good cop in this scenario? Because, you know, I would think that, you know, I would be okay with a new American century if we delivered to these countries that we got involved with a true libertarian form of government. But then again, it would rely on the people, you know, Ben Franklin, you know, if we could export, you know, I I remember when um, I had this conversation with Greg and with you, I said, really, the only thing the United States has right before Trump, if Trump, when Trump got in, I was telling people this, the only thing we really have as a foundation, if we can fall back on is, is our, uh, rule of law. Yeah. We're, we're really the only country that still, I shouldn't say the only country, but still in a sense, when looking around has somewhat of a rule of law. Still, yeah. You know, in China, you don't have copyrights to things. If you're a Chinese citizen, you create some, go straight to the state. Well, this was the the beauty of how they brought this system in. This system was brought in, uh, well, it was basically snuck right in. You know what I'm saying? So it you has mean the Federal Reserve commercial system that yeah, the personhood system and everything shit. that was yeah. it's ha- not a not nothing new well, just got, a new way to make yeah. the light bulb. Well, you went from having a judiciary judge in the 1860s all of a sudden now he becomes an actor, an administrator, okay? An administrative judge, an actor. You everything shifted, okay, in uh, from 1860s all the way on to 1933. Was when was the how long it took originally to convert from a republican form to this modern democracy, the New Deal, as they call yeah, it? Yeah. Okay. Right. right. And uh, the New Deal basically come to an end in '99. All right. So what's happened is is they've just been kind of copycatting it a little bit, but trying to step it up a pace. All right. When I say step it up a pace. We're not talking about, oh, they were following the Constitution at all. They were not, okay? They were trying to step up the democracy style of government that was created. But take away, as they've been working on for many, many years, your freedoms and giving you really false, just a a false sense of freedom, of choice, of this, of that. It's just an illusion. It's not actual. Choice is an illusion in this situation. Yeah, and what Trump's uh, basically, in all appearance, bringing back is our actual choices. Mm -hmm. A lot of things have been kept, uh, we've been censored on many, many things. Well, when Newt Gingrich says that Trump's not part of their club, well, he might not be part of their club, but he's probably part of some club. Now, what club that is, I don't know. I would like to think it would be the patriotic, uh, well, his father was big in the Birch Society, if I'm not mistaken. Well, what I was going to say, yes, is uh, is basically when I got into starting this, yeah, I heard a lot of propaganda uh, back in the day when I started studying, uh, but I mostly studied through law books. So I got to actually see what what was said and what was actually passed in the law and what was actually going on. And when I say law, I mean into the legal system of public policy, not the actual law. Actual law doesn't change. It stays the same. It does not vary. Uh, Where the public policy is constantly shifting this way, shifting that way. And, you know, it's pushed by agendas and, and obviously investments. Okay, but uh, I have a different take on it because I've seen what they passed in the law. And then what I seen Trump do, which was amazing. The instant he got into office, the first thing he did was started canceling out executive orders. Obamacare, one uh, number one. I mean, really, it, that thing was pretty ugly, and it wasn't even completely. All the parts of it weren't passed yet. Okay, some of the, spent a million dollars on a on a website. Yeah, it, I can make a website here in literally twenty five, thirty, forty minutes to a few hours, depending on what it is. At least create a nice homepage with links. 
Well, when you got a system that's running and you got more money than you can possibly know what the fuck to do with, okay, then, you know, you got you to spend it somehow. You yeah, got to yeah, get, gotta, yeah. You, you Or know, you ain't going to get that money next year. They don't care. Yeah. You know, they don't care if they spend 75000 on one hammer. That yeah, only cost the toilet seats you know, at the, the yeah. normal department store or whatnot, hardware store. So, I mean, <clears throat> you know, how they spend the money, it doesn't matter, but they have to continue to spend because the debt has to be. You can never settle that debt, so it's always got to be a debt. So there's a lot of waste, waste, waste. Mm. And that's why they cried when Trump come in. All of a sudden, well, I'm going to put money away for this uh, this wall here. Oh, no, we can't afford the wall. What do you mean we can't afford the wall? If we stop misappropriating all the funds, then there's more than enough funds to do whatever we need. And then some. Yeah, in this uh, in this pimpy uh, Nasara Gasara, he goes over how people are getting their mortgages or, and their debts, uh, student loans, uh you know, vanishing, and he says, where's the money, or where could the money come from, you might ask? He says, well, first of all, the money could come from the colleges, and he shows a list of all the colleges and how much money they've got stacked away, you know what I mean? Well, I agree. Now, when I first heard about uh, between 2005-2007, Nassar for the first time, and started looking into it, and said, well, you know, that acts nice, and if it got passed in, that's fine. But the criminals that were running the organization at the time were not going to allow something like that to go on. You yeah. know, yeah. The people they would lose control. Yeah. They, would, they lose. would lose control. Yeah. They would lose everything that they've worked for. They didn't so, want anybody in their cherry pie. They would lose everything that they never worked for. Okay, because they never worked for anything they got, you know. It, it's just it's theft, you know, in the simplest, plainest terms. It's just theft. What's been going on? Now, when you uh, when you check that out, and, and back in that day, in time when I first uh, heard about it, I could agree with it from uh, what I understood about the constitutional and, uh, Republican uh, form of government. And uh, I was my honest opinion at that time was it's not going to happen for that fact that the criminals that have infiltrated uh, the whole system are not going to release it. I said you would need a military support. Well, these criminals, uh, as I was saying to you once before, kind of got laxed in, in their their situation. Uh, in other words, thinking, okay, we got this all locked down. We're just going to progressively move our, our, you know, our agendas forward, and we'll get everything we want. With Obama and Hillary, the 16-year plan, they call yeah, it. Yeah, and we ain't got to worry about a damn thing, okay? Yeah. Well, in doing that, you had a number of admirals and generals that were fired under Bush Jr., and a number of admirals and generals that were fired under Obama. For not wanting to go against the U.S. citizens and attack the American people. And uh, when they found out about these agendas and where this was leading. Well, from my understanding is these generals and and admirals had gotten together and formed a, a movement called America First. Now, I think, uh, they were informed and obviously, uh, uh, privy to Nasera. And I think that's the movement uh, that uh, is, in fact, in place. Because, look, these uh, admirals and generals and stuff like that, in general, in generality, are very honorable people. Okay? Sticklers, as I call it. They like to follow the rules down to the letter. Pay attention to detail. Yes. And... uh, and when you know when you're taking an oath and, and joining into something on the belief that it, it's about this, you know, uh, protecting our country, protecting our people, and our Hot way dogs, of life. Apple pie and Chevrolet, and, and man, you're that. into it. And then you you actually yeah. get into it, and you yeah. realize it's just another corporation, and this is all about uh, making an income. This is not really anything that you originally thought it was. You know, I mean. 
I'd imagine a lot of people's hearts were broken over time. Well, I know a few veterans who really, you Let's know. jump in the way back machine. I remember going to the meetings when we were in um, across the street from Caleb. Um, not in that little uh, little house, but um, it was actually um, the other spot. Well, no, it was actually in the other house, yeah, with the big meeting room in it. Yeah. Um, before it was the other older building. Um, but regardless... Um, you know, we used to have the before the internet and YouTube. We had the Americans Bulletin magazine, and I remember the big news and the big talk uh, around that time um, was the questionnaire being handed out to soldiers, or being handed out to colonels, or being handed out to everybody in the military. Was would you fire upon U.S. citizens if you had, if you were given the order? Well, yeah, and a lot of them would not. Right. Okay. And that was probably around the time of W. You know, because... Clinton W. In order to, you know, get people to... It takes a long time to convince a lot of people. You know, a lot of tactics put into place. It's just like with the military soldier. You know, you can train him in this and you can train him in that. And you put a gun in his hand and and put him in front of a stranger and he just don't want to shoot. You see? So it's against our nature to want to kill somebody. You gotta yeah, be motivated. There's gotta be a good reason it. for yeah. it. I mean, you know, uh you just don't go and shoot somebody. But now if you train them from a little child to play a video game to where you shoot 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 with no consequences yeah. over a course of a number of years, you're desensitized to that. So when well, it comes time to put a gun in your hand, right. you shoot without well, thinking. Well, look at it on the other end of the spectrum. you got those young guys flying drones that are dealing with huge depression. They feel so bad about blowing to smithereens people, you know? Well, my whole point with it is this, is that these admirals... And there are thousands of miles from the, from the situation. These admirals you know? and generals took an oath that obviously yeah. they wanted to uphold, okay, and keep. They were serious about it. So when they were asked to do things that they know was wrong, they said, hell no. Started a movement. Obviously, they knew about Nasera or were informed about Nasera. And they chose a, a, a perfect figurehead. They, instead of just getting a D to D to do public relations, in other words, we'll draw up all the, you know, all your speeches for you and this and that, you know, and, and you just say what we want, you know, kind of like a George Bush or uh, Obama or, or any of them other knuckleheads. You know, <clears throat> instead, we want a, a businessman, somebody who knows how to run a corporation. At somebody least knows how to go through a bankruptcy or two. It goes through a bankruptcy. A restructuring. How to screw it up and how to fix it. Okay, because if you don't know how you screwed it up, you ain't never going to learn how to fix it. But if you can fix the screw up and start over and make it successful, now you got somebody who has intelligence, you know, wisdom, knowledge. You know, something you can't get from a school, okay? And something that's certainly not taught in politics, you know? Uh, But nevertheless, you get a guy who knows and understands how to run a corporation. And let's straighten this thing out. Somebody who knows how to negotiate. Somebody who's not scared. Somebody who couldn't be bought off. So, I mean, you know, they picked the perfect man. Okay, to do it. Not because he's perfect in in all kinds of ways. He's perfect for the position. He knows how to do it. He knows how to operate. Now, but he's not the only one behind us. Now, that was my next thought. I mean, I would think that um, if there is an elite of this country, which we assume there has got to be, and there's got to be different factions in that elite, and, you know, we, we've talked about how, you know, the, the public vote has nothing to do with it because it's always going to come down to the, um, to the Electoral College, and the Electoral College voted him in. So they, like, I would like to know, you know, I've looked into it a little bit in the past, who these members of the Electoral College are. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's almost like that morning I woke up after the election, I found out he was elected. I couldn't believe it. I talked to other friends. They couldn't. Some laughed. Some cried. You know. Well, I, I was. I mean, I, I was just completely flabbergasted. Well, years ago, even long before I started studying law, I found out that basically a room of, 
uh, about a dozen or, or so people got to decide who can even run for president, who can't run for president. You see, yeah. <laughs> that was it. You know, it's like, well, when you come to understand that, you say, okay, ain't nobody getting voted here. They're just being picked, and, and your votes are, mean something else, and they do. Okay, if you go back to the Constitution, uh, you know, and start at the 14th Amendment, and read through that thing, and, and, you know, especially, well, it depends on what version or what printout you get. Sometimes it's Section 2, sometimes it's Section 3. Okay, but uh, in there, it tells you that basically your right to vote is denied. And it's only accepted in... Actions of crime, okay, and a rebellion. It almost sounds like the, right, the wording of it, and we could look at it. There's my black seventh. It's actually up behind you. I'm sure the Constitution's in the back of it. We've looked at it many times. It, the way I could best describe it, it almost sounds like by doing so, by taking part in a public election. First of all, you got to prove citizenship. So you're saying I'm a U.S. citizen person. Yeah, I'm you, that thing. Then you got to bond it with your property at, at that time. See, this is before the, oh, the modern oh, yeah. version. Right. Okay. Be, right. Before, the, but the Fourteenth Amendment come in uh, during the transition. You see. Right. But it just sounds like if if you do that, you confirm that you are almost. Is it proper to even say this way? I think it is. You're in a rebellion to the original republic. Yes. By That's participating exactly. in the emergency. What? And one of the things that I had learned a long time ago is if you take a benefit, you have to assume the liabilities. There's all sorts of cases that say if you get in a benefit, you have to assume the liability. And that's one of the reasons why I've never voted or wanted to vote. Well, that was part of the trickery of it. You know, we have a, had a new constitution, okay, uh, during the Civil War with the new amendments, okay. And uh, and what it was, it, it was very, very tricky the way they did it because the new company was mirrored after the old company, so you can't tell the difference. So when you're going to vote for the president and, and whatnot uh, and, and who not of the company, you're not voting for our company now. You're voting for a foreign company. Mm-hmm. So now you've just abandoned your original company and joined on with the foreign company, which was the U.S., not the U.S. United States of America. That's why it's proper to think that we're not really sovereign, but we're we're foreign to a corporate entity. It's a voluntary thing, yeah. as you find right. in the 14th Amendment. Okay, right. it, it was a voluntary choice you made without knowing. And, Unwittingly. And, and therefore, you know, by voting, you're confirming, all right, I want to be a 14th Amendment U.S. citizen person. I want to operate in commerce. I want to throw the organic common law out the window and operate by this policy, by this corporation. And I'm going to waive all my unalienable rights and go into where I only have privileges and have to yes. abide by all these rules and regulations, which don't abide by consciousness. And this the starts, conscience this of man. Starts yeah. in how they set it up, it starts at a young age when you yeah. want to go get your driver's license. When you get your driver's license, you are voluntarily waiving your right to travel freely, okay, to accept a privilege to drive. Right. Okay. Now, the privilege can be taken away at any time, any moment, for any reason whatsoever. There is no stipulation of why or anything. There's no rhyme to it. it. It's because what you're doing is you've just taken yourself out of the state of being free and put yourself into freedom. There's no violation okay, of the now, 13th on, Amendment. Now, Nobody made you a slave. People need to understand yeah. what freedom means. Okay. Mm-hmm. Freedom means that you are free to roam around the dome or the allotted property, okay, as long, freely as long as you follow our rules. That's not what a Republican form of government is. A Republican form of government is you are free. There are no limitations, mm. you see, where freedom, if you look it up in Bouvier's Dictionary, You'll find that it's another word for slavery. That's just like a citizen. Yeah. A citizen 
is a slave. Well, that's why Jack always said a uh, sovereign citizen is an oxymoron in and of itself. You know, yes. you can't be a citizen and be sovereign at the same time. Yeah, I mean, that's, right. a double, that's what the Bible calls a double-minded man. Yeah. <laughs> and being a double-minded man are all these people that go out and vote. Yes. And and once again, that's why I've never voted. Um, I think that's one of the reasons I might have had success back in my federal case, because mm-hmm. I didn't vote back then. Well, and I think I had success with my credit card case, because I didn't things. vote. The votes are two things. Every time they had an election, okay, you're voting in two, there's only two reasons that they want you there, okay? One, your authorization. Right. Means you're authorizing what they are currently doing. Right, and that is done through your physical signature. You got to sign shit. They get money. Well, that's part two of it. Right. Every document you sign and give to them is of cash value. That's the funding to continue on with what they're you going ahead and doing. You won't believe all the things they hand you to sign in and out of the jail process. <laughs> there, the, we've known for a while that one of the definitions of a court, we can look at it now in Black 7th up there on the shelf, the third definition of court is a bank, right? Yeah. They're all registered with Securities and Exchange Commission. They're all creating bonds or securities. Well, this is now, yeah, a bank, okay? Right. And what do we have banks for? What's the purpose of a bank? Creating currency or money or creating money. Well, yeah, and how do you do that? Somebody gives you capital and you loan it out. Okay. But, okay, let me just put... And the capital is you. Let, yeah, You're let sitting me... At, Jack on, always me, used to me, talk about how prisons were proper, basically banks. Let me, yeah. Because you got all the value of the slaves sitting in there. Yes. And the the prison system's just drawn from their birth certificate and funding everything behind the scenes on the private side. Well, human trafficking is when you take somebody either voluntarily by... Uh, misleading them into believing there is something else is going on okay or just against their will in plain terms and you lock them up or make them do something against their will so that you can make a financial gain not for a repayment of a debt of punishment but actual financial gain that's what the court system has basically been doing especially after 1933 before 33 it wasn't quite converted over and there was a lot of well i should say yeah before 33 after 33 is when the shift and the shift in, in the courts didn't actually come to a completion i think until 38 well look at back but to trump look at what he did again. with the prison reform act mm-hmm. you got all these people being released from prison some are yes. saying they're being released to let room for people that go against the covid shit but um yeah. You know, that's another form of jubilee. Well, yeah, because, well, what it is is, according to the United States Title 12, okay, or 26, I should say, in publication uh, 1212, you find out that uh, you have, uh, well, what's called a a tax exemption or exclusion of basically four and a half million a year. And these prisons get that tax exclusion for every year they hold you. Now, let me throw and, this out And again. I'll say okay. that is collateral. Right. So, I mean, if you have that kind of collateral, imagine what you can use that for. You know, you can't spend it, but you don't need to. If I got collateral of that value, then I can get whatever loan, whatever credit I need. You see, to do whatever it is I need. And, and when you start to think about this and, and look in the records, and this is all public records now. This is not, you know, some conspiracy. This is, you look up these bank records, you'll find out that, you know, this all ties in with real estate. And real estate leads you right into prison systems because that's what it is. It's all the same system. Banking. Okay, just like cor- all corporations. It's a withholding from the people what's rightfully theirs and what they rightfully have access to. A corporation in general, and just like man, you're preaching, dude. Any man, you're preaching. Any manufacturer, right now, listen. Any manufacturer, (laughs) 
they'll produce a certain amount of items. You take the auto industry, for instance. Okay? Right, that's what I was going to ask you. I was always under the opinion that if, let's say, uh, I got a job at Ford, well, the CFO at Ford would have access to my birth certificate information through the Social Security number, and let's say they needed to a new line of um, um, uh, machines, stamping machines for the body parts, and they needed that liquidity, they needed some currency or whatever, they could draw from my birth certificate up to $350 million or $3.5 million or something to fund it on the private side? No, uh, yeah. One of the reasons why, like, <laughs> everything in the stores is prepaid Well, the, because everybody's birth certificate is funding all these corporations to make these products for the people. The county auditor... Okay, it takes a it takes a tally of all the heads in the county. Okay, by their block uh, grants. Okay, they access everybody's estates, main units of credit. Okay, now you're getting into taxes now, and on, bonds and on. cities now. Well, yeah. Okay, all right. Now listen, what they do is man, you preaching, man, you preaching. They get a bond passed. To authorize the use of that, they inform the dealership, look, this is how many cars we want you to produce. Here's the money. It's paid for when it's ordered. So then what happens is this. The cars are delivered to the dealerships throughout the all Cuyahoga County, so to speak. Okay, if it was Cuyahoga County. Now, what you then have is all these cars and waiting for people who already paid for them, okay, to show up, pick them up. But nobody ever does. A U.S. citizen picks them up, okay. U.S. citizen has no access or right to it. So the U.S. citizen has to pay. Well, the funny thing about this is is they got you listed as both uh, (laughs) an American and a U.S. citizen. All right, and what happens is, is when you show up at that <coughs> dealership, they ain't recognizing no American people. They're just recognizing citizens. So they're forcing you, technically, to pay for something that you already paid for in the first place. Because here, the money for that thing came out of somebody or your birth certificate. And come out of collectively right. everybody in that right. county's birth certificate. That's now, here's the funny receipt. thing. Yeah. As an automobile... For every person. Oh, yeah. Even a child. Okay, right. so now. Yeah. So now what happens to these automobiles? They sit out in lots. They sit out in lots for and many rushed. years. And rust. Okay. And this is done every year. Yeah. They produce roughly 70% more than is needed. And so what ends up happening is it just sits and rots. This is done in the food industry. This is done in all industries. All corporations. Yeah. So when you say there's a shortage, there ain't no shortage. There's yeah. many warehouses loaded with it. They just ain't delivering it to the stores, okay? Because, well, in order to keep up demand, okay, you keep the supply low. It's artificially low. Plenty of supplies sitting in warehouses, but we just ain't shipping it out to the department stores and whatnot. So this is what's happening. So, you know, when they say, oh, well, you know, there's a run on uh, the toilet right, paper no, or uh, or there's going to be a shortage in meat. Are you kidding me? Some of the meat you're eating has been it's sitting there bad. for three years. You know, I mean, it's been sprayed over many times to make it look like it, it's nice and fresh. And after all, who knows what it is? Could okay, tiger meat. Well, I'll say <laughs> the movie Soyant Green is really... Uh, it laid it out nice and yeah. good, but uh, but point being is that it's all a withholding, okay? Because the purpose of it, which was the purpose of the Constitution, was to send funds off somewhere else, generate a value, okay, a currency, a, something of value, and ship it all away. Yeah. Meaning that it was a plantation from its inception. When it broke away and got free, it was suckered back into being more or less the same thing. Plantation. People were stuck in the same position they were back then dealing with Britain. Well, this has all changed since Trump. This has all changed since Boris Johnson. 
Okay, with the and Brexit might be changing in Italy the way they're getting all pissed off. You know, this this is not something that's just been going on in America. This is something that's been worldwide, and there's a lot of a lot of people worldwide have been waking up. I mean, a lot of people have been really sleeping. And, the the uh, trend on uh, Twitter last week, if you remember, was uh, hashtag Obamagate. Yeah. Over three and a half million people started tweeting it, and then Twitter had to do something linking it to something that made it fake news or something, and they were able to put it all the way down in the trending things. Well, this was my whole, list. whole point with the voting. Well, by volunteering into the system, approving it, and then funding it on top of that, all right, a totally rigged system that obviously runs on a rigged situation because how is it that it's only always a Republican or a Democrat mm. that gets in? Yeah. You know, uh, when I was a little kid, I didn't know how many people actually run for president, you know, until I got older. And well, I was like, wow. Look back, remember with Trump, it you was know, like all the Republicans and all the Democrats hated him. You never hear <laughs> of anybody else running but just the Democratic Republic. Yeah. You might hear some Green Party or an independent, uh, you know, but it's very seldom and whatnot. But nevertheless, well, now you have a system that is... It was very efficient the way they had it running, okay, and very efficient the way that the voting system and the elections and how they had everybody suckered. Well, they got out suckered, and when Trump come in there, they knew they were screwed, okay, right off the rip, because how do we lose an election that we had rigged to win 100,000%? You see what, what I'm, I'm saying? saying, man? Something went down. And this is what <laughs> I, this was brewing up. With the Nassara, uh, with many other folks and many other movements around the country, okay, or I should say the nation, okay, over the numerous years of people watching injustices going on in courts, injustices uh, of how this corporation's encroaching on people's private lives and dictating their uh, their private lives and what they can do with their children and, and what they can do in their own, own home, for crying out loud. It's gotten to the point where, oh, you smoke? Well, if you don't stop smoking, you're going to be out of a job. You mean I can't go home and smoke? If I want to smoke a cigarette, I'm going to smoke a cigarette. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How can you dictate against somebody like that? How some, about that mayor like in that? Chicago, man? Well, yeah. And then that, that barber in Michigan, he opened up and they slapped him. They, they, they slapped him with a fine or something. That's because these dummies don't realize this has already shifted back to a republic. Yeah. So they don't realize, okay, what, what sling they're putting their asses in, okay? Yeah, I mean, if the One. DOJ comes down federally on them, and two, reminds them. On top of that, they're hoping and praying that in some manner that they can swing back control. But the problem right. is, is they not only lost it, I think they don't know how badly they've lost it. Okay, it's all gone. Like I say, I'm not worried about all the things that I've learned that has been signed in the law over the past basically 20 years. Okay, uh, before Trump's entrance into the presidency. Because he immediately did what needed to be done. He started crushing that. That's why they've been screaming up and down. Well, you can see. The Congress has been held up on an impeachment since the guy got in there, basically. They've been wanting to impeach, impeach, impeach. You know, that's been the whole thing. Russian collusion. They, You know, just, just running their own thing. Anything to smear this guy, thinking they're going to damage Disgust his... Disgusts me that they would... Well, it's almost now that I'm realizing See, it. This is all staged anyways for this whole global yeah. currency reset. And it's got to come... It's a great that it's coming down like this people in a way. It's got us all distracted, arguing, freaking out. Is this shit couldn't keep going the way it was going. Yeah. And on top of that... We don't, the general population, the people with level heads that have been going through all this nonsense and listening to all this back and forth, lolly dolly, mumbo jumbo for many years, don't care if the guy in the presidency is somebody they like or don't like. They only care that the guy is actually doing his fucking job and doing the right thing. Not for his own greed and need. So as far as liking or disliking Trump, I don't know if I'd get along with them, and I don't care. 
if he's doing what he's supposed to do, then that's perfectly fine by me. I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't care if he, sm- problem he smokes is, marijuana yeah. in his free the time. The problem is or this everybody's or got their own opinion of what he's supposed to do. Well, that's because the majority <laughs> of folks don't have a clue. Be ignorant. Uh, they be ignorant now. Well, yeah, they be ignorant. They're wards. They haven't a clue because all the education that you get from television, the books generally that you're going to run into in public and school teaches you very little to none of what really goes on. They just show you the dog and pony show. Speaking of a dog and pony show, (laughs) they're getting restless. The wolf pack here is getting restless. We got Livia and BB. And we're coming to the close and yes. going late into but the afternoon. I, I, I got to feed them. They're getting before hungry. Before we get to the close, I, yeah. I want to say this about Nassar. It, it appears that that is the form in uh, the key to the airway, the gateway to uh, bringing us back into a republic, as Trump has done, is he's renegotiated all the contracts of the corporation, trying to uh, bring peace worldwide so we can take this out of a state of emergency and in that he what he's done is he put us into another state of emergency in order to extinguish all states of emergency and revert us back into a republic now this is a process that's going to probably take two or three terms altogether and then still going to have to continue on for maybe a decade or so. I was looking at a coin that either I bought or a friend gave me for Christmas after Trump got elected. It was 2018 or 2017 silver coin and uh, it said world peace on it. And so and that's the whole thing. You can't have gold back money or fiat money if you're not in an emergency. Well, like I have you know? said, when you when you see laws being passed and things going in a, a specific direction that aren't really in benefit of the American people or any people, more and more to benefit just corporations further and further, and then all of a sudden, after uh, numerous years of things going one way, I mean, it got so bad that even around Fourth of July, I mean. Psh- Barely anybody blew off fireworks. It was like that for about 10, going on 10, 15 years. It just whittled down to where you could hear maybe three or four people in a neighborhood on 4th of July blowing off fireworks. And it just comes to show how, how, how desperate people had gotten. They couldn't even afford to go out and buy fireworks for a simple celebration, you know, because of the economy and the way we're being run in the ground. Heaven forbid you can't get fireworks. Trump, all of a sudden, he comes into office, and even though our news are are basically our outlet of information that's supposed to be informing us, it's telling us, you know, the economy's getting better, but kind of playing it out like, nah, not really so much, you know. Yet, you know, first year he's in office, I hear fireworks again. Mm -hmm. Second year in office... Wow, do I hear fireworks going off. You know, third year, I mean, it's booming like when I was a little kid. All over the place. I think this last year was pretty big. I don't really try to remember the 4th of July's. And that's just one little indicator of the state of financial and mindset that people are in. And have been in, and obviously... Got a little more money in their pocket, they can spend a few money on ladyfingers. You know, I always go by track record of what they've done, okay? If you look at what Trump has done since he's gotten in office, he has been doing a marvelous job. If you look at what Hillary's done since she's been in office, and look at her actual track record of what she assigned, what she agreed to, and what she pushed... She, it's not a pretty picture. It, it's, I mean, wow. That's uh, that's what I'll say. Gave for Russia week. hypersonic <laughs> technology in a sense. Few people are coming out. That was a few from American uh, American Intelligence Network. You remember those guys? Yeah. I don't think they're on YouTube anymore. I haven't seen anything. Uh, a lot but of things. A lot of things Trump, have disappeared off with of the YouTube. space force. That flag he came out with is just as weak as all hell. It's just why don't you just you know it's. Pretty much just Gene Roddenberry Star Trek, in my opinion. It's kind of nice, but um, well, it's going to be we've got a hyper low, yeah. uh, a low Earth orbit. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, we've got a we've we got a go. hypersonic missile. He says that's seventeen times faster. <coughs> Went down faster. the wrong way, huh? Faster than what? Than our best one, or than what they got, or what's going out? What's going on out there? I just say, yeah. Then what is publicly known? Yeah. Look, the stealth bomber that we we were basically introduced to in the early '90s, it was in existence in the late '50s, you know. And uh, some of the, the technology and patents that I have uh, uh, studied from the late 1800s, uh, we're only now starting to bring some of that technology, you know, into the public. But yet, the military's had access to it for over a hundred years. And with that, we will conclude this episode of Monday Night Jack, May 9th, May 17th, 2020. Goodbye, virtual audience. Take care. Thank you for tuning into this week's edition of today's Boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated entertainment cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news, entertainment information and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for tuning into the show here at Domain Cleveland.